Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews emotional intelligence coach, Carly Reed. Carly explains what emotional intelligence coaching is and its benefits. She also dives into her journey of being diagnosed with breast cancer and her decision to treat it naturally. Since this interview, Charlie has had blood tests done and all of her labs have come back normal. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Tarly Reed, who is an emotional intelligence coach. Now, for most of you, you probably don't know what that is. So that is why I'm having her on today. Welcome, Tarly. Thank you. So explain to me what exactly an emotional intelligence coach does. Great. Uh, Yes, I get this question frequently. To say it very simply is your level of emotional intelligence has to do with the ability to identify process and let go of emotions okay when we are not able to do this it causes us to create kind of havoc in our lives and we repeat patterns that um we can't figure out why and it's because emotion gets stuck in our bodies because at the end of the day scientifically proven like our bodies are completely made up of energy and even the the word emotion comes from the latin word emoter which means energy and motion so emotion is literally the motion of energy in our body moving and when we cannot feel we get energy stuck in our bodies so i help to facilitate people becoming aware of how to identify process and let go of this so that we can have more flow and more ease and more joy in our experience of life so what is your ideal clientele like who would you reach and work with on their emotions and on working on emotional intelligence so um good question i would say the people that are drawn to me and the ones that well the ones that i focus on as well are ones who have a burning desire to want to stop patterns from repeating that are not producing the results that they want in life. A lot of times I'm going to work with um, entrepreneurs and people in leadership roles, executives and companies, so because they have impact and influence on other people. So uh, their success in their life showing up around them in business is directly related to how successful they are internally because then that's how they lead from. So a lot of leaders uh, and businesses or business owners or people who are stepping into a leadership role um, so that they can feel more confident and have more uh, empowerment in expanding who they are and stepping into a bigger role in their life. Okay. So basically you're trying to help people I guess not personality-wise, but to help people work better with themselves and work better with others and understanding how to deal in certain situations and really in life or at work or, or just in general. Yeah, that's really good. It, it is about helping people to understand themselves better because the better you can understand yourself, the better you can understand someone else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I always say you can't you can't control how other people feel or what other people are thinking or other people do. You can only control you. So how you react to somebody is how the situation is going to go. Because 
you can't change how they're going to react or you can't change how somebody else is saying something or if they're toxic. You can only change your reaction to it. So if you understand your emotions about it and understand your feelings about it, then you can react differently in a situation. Absolutely. And a lot of times people don't understand why they respond in a certain way to situations. And it's because there's a lack of emotional intelligence. Okay. So someone doesn't understand why they got so upset because someone did this or this thing happened. They don't, it's like, why was that so upsetting? Why did it, why did it make you so upset when so-and-so said this one word to you? Because you don't, something happened in life somewhere where a similar that feeling um, was brought up and it was unable to be processed so then it's stored in the body and so then you just ha- have a, a very a, a sensitivity mm-hmm. to experiencing that or it could even be like a lot of times it's so easy to point to this people who deal with road rage or just get so upset when somebody cuts them off or does something that seems irresponsible what is going on there? Why was that so upsetting? Well, a lot of times it has to do with not the guy that cut you off, but it's because that reminded you of yes, uh, of when so and so did this that upset you. Because when people do this and they don't, you don't feel validated or you don't feel important, or so it it can it can follow it's this trail. <laughs> it is a spiral. So when you find yourself reacting in a way that is very disturbing or you're very upset if you find yourself getting upset frequently about things that are happening outside of yourself there is that's a cue that there's probably some stuck energy that can all you got to do is be able to acknowledge it and it moves it Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of times when you're projecting too you're projecting some sort of anger or or you're just upset with someone or at a situation it's because you're dealing with something internally too so it's the projection of your situation that is causing you to get so bent out of shape about something so small like somebody cutting you off or or whatever it is but um, yeah so can you give me an a specific example of someone that you've worked with and what you've done to help them? Oh, gosh. Um, what, uh, in, in regards to how, what it looked like in their life, like what was the, the impact it had in their yeah. life? Okay. Um, I would say there was a woman I was working with who was a business owner who was very, very busy mm-hmm. and just was always just frantic. Um, running from one thing to the next thing. A lot of times also people like to be very, very busy because it keeps them from having to feel things. Uh Yeah. It's a distraction in life to be very, very busy. And it's part of our culture because we think that we're more busy, we're more valuable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, it steals the joy out of life because you can never be fully present with anything because you're always doing one thing, thinking about the next thing you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. it actually steals your joy. Um, And so I I worked with her for – I worked with her in – being able to be with her emotions so she could actually slow down. And what happens is the more that you can feel comfortable and understand what emotion is, you'll find that you don't need to be as, as busy. So then what you find is then you'll put, she, she started putting in boundaries so that she would start saying, feeling comfortable and confident enough to say no and to start honoring herself. Because a lot of times we feel like we're at the effect of life. It's kind of like, I can't help it. I need to do 12 meetings. This person wants to meet with me. This customer is calling me. I can't control it. It's only because 
we say yes to everything because we feel like we have to because we don't value who we are. And if we don't appease other people, then it's like, oh, no, they're not going to like me. And then we go into this, I'm not good enough. So the more that um, as she became more uh, aware, aware, thank you, um, she became more kind of in alignment with herself and was able to begin starting boundaries saying no. And then that was just very empowering. Mm-hmm. You have a whole new experience of life when that happens, especially for women. Especially yeah, for women. because we try to take on everything because it's easier if we just do it ourselves. Well, now that's <laughs> uh, that's a whole other conversation. Yes. That's but, a, yes. But at the end of the day, it's not easier. You know, I, I, I had this conversation yesterday. I was talking something totally like not the same but just saying like uh I'm trying to change some things up around in my business personally and um not personally but in my business and what I was telling one of my clients was you know you can't please everybody and you can't work 24 hours a day and one thing I had to do when I first established my business because I got really sick I got Hashimoto's and I was working you know 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and I would take Sunday clients and I wasn't taking any days off and I was like I wasn't setting myself boundaries so I set myself a schedule these are the hours that I'm going to work these are the days that I work I do not ever work on Sundays I never take clients on Sundays and that's something I had to really put it in my value system that I had to value myself enough to be able to take a day off. And I had a client one time that was really upset that I wouldn't come in on Sundays to work out with him. And I was like, it's my day off. I deserve a day off. But my point is, is that if you fit people in, like, this is when I'm available. This is when I'll do this. This is when I'll do this. People will either do it or they won't. And it's not a personal thing. It's just that you have to work within your values, within your boundaries to live comfortably and happy. And then everything else kind of falls into place. You know, you'll fill those specific hours. I mean, as an entrepreneur, we know we work all day, every day, but you'll fill the specific hours that you want to fill. So there's these time slots, you know. Can I ask you what made the difference for you? How did you, what had you set that boundary? What happened with you personally that allowed you to be like, okay, hold on? I was sick and tired. And Mm. I knew that if I was trying to fill all this time, you know, if you're like saying yes to everything, say a client's like, I want to come in on Sundays at 7am and you say yes, because you need the money. Now you're getting up at 630 on a Sunday and going into work and you literally have no time for yourself. And I realized that I wasn't giving myself the attention. I wasn't giving myself what I needed to be able to give my clients what they needed. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not an early morning person. My earliest appointment is 7 a.m. because my latest appointment is 6.30. So that's a 12-hour day if I book my entire day. And I have to understand that. But I only, I only work half days on Fridays and half days on Saturdays. So that's what I had to put in place for myself to be mentally and physically well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really difficult at first because you want to say yes to everybody. Sure, come in on Saturday night. Sure, come in on Friday night. And what I what I found that when I was saying yes all the time, that I people would cancel 
or they wouldn't show up. And it was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it to myself. It's not worth my time. and It's not worth my energy. You come in on this time, this time, or this time. If those don't work for you, there's 800,000 other trainers out there. <laughs> you know? And, you know, not to say, like, I don't, of course, want people to go somewhere else. But I have to, I have to fit within my values to be the best that I can for my clients. Mm-hmm. Right? So you got to a breaking point of like, okay, wow, I'm not willing to suffer like this anymore. Absolutely. A lot of times that's what happens is people aren't willing to suffer anymore <laughs> and now they're willing now they're gonna do something different. Well, mm-hmm. I think that's true for any situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same with people that start exercising mm-hmm. or totally. you know, d- start eating differently or dieting yes. or you know, changing their lifestyle because they've hit this breaking point. They're pre diabetic or they're in pain or you know, they've hit a point where they're like, I cannot live like this anymore. Yes. Uh, and I, I have realized that too, you know, in my earlier years, you, you kind of chase people like, oh, come on, you need to work out. Yeah. You want to work? Come on, let's do it. And then they're excited and then they don't do it because they're not ready. Yeah. You have to be ready to want to change and you can never force somebody to be that they have to come on that on their own. Exactly the same, I'm sure, with clients that come to you. They hit that breaking point, and they're thinking, I cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're ready to make those changes. A lot of times I feel like we can lie to ourselves as well. Like, oh, oh absolutely. Cool, but you know what never lies? <laughs> the body. Nope. It never does. It tells you. You can physically and mentally feel what's going on yeah the body will never lie to you like no i'm great then all of a sudden you're getting migraines every other day or uh, all of a sudden you're coming down with some kind of illness or ailments and it's like oh i've been telling myself one thing and now my body is showing me something different because the body will never lie right and so it's um you got to love your body for that (laughs) so tell me how you got into emotional intelligence coaching? Mm, I, you know what, I've been coaching, I'm 43, and I've probably been doing some form of coaching for the last 20 years. And uh, about 10 years ago, I uh, fell into health and the dental field and was coaching and consulting the dentists. And I found that my consulting, which is basically implementing systems and structures, would only work if the coaching piece worked. Right. Because if they can't make the ch- if people can't make the change mentally, um, they won't sustain the change that you actually implement in mm-hmm. there. Okay. So it all starts with us up, you know, emotionally, mentally, and th- that was where my passion was. So. Uh, about, I don't know, a couple years ago, or really five years ago, I started really going beyond just tradition, like the coaching of the doctors and learning, because I I did a lot of um, leadership development coaching. And what I found was there was this emotional element, even with myself, I started doing the inquiry into my own life of like, hey, how am I doing? Why am I repeating patterns? Why am I, shoot, I've been studying personal growth and development for 20 years. Why am I still dealing with this? And the one element I hadn't done anything about or really delved into was the emotional piece. I didn't understand emotions. I prided myself on being not really emotional and very, very, um, 
balanced. I was very. Well, that's not the word. It was, I was just very even keel. I was yes. I was very even keel. I'm. I'm never gonna get really mad. I'm never gonna get really sad. I'm just cool. And what I learned but was why were you not dealing with those emotions? Well, I was. There was a numbness <laughs> from my from my life and from my childhood that I learned to shut them down because I didn't know how to process them because I had some childhood trauma that happened and I didn't know how to process it, and so I learned to shut it down and uh, carried into my adult life. And when I when I wanted to continue to improve myself as a coach, I started looking at okay, this emotional piece. And I started doing the last five years really investigating and practicing on myself, dealt, you know, my emotional states, what, you know, and, and pulling up um, memories and pulling up and just diving into and being in the inquiry in a different way of why I respond different ways and allowing myself to get more in touch with my feelings, with my body. Um, so it was something that I found that, that was what was being needed. And it started having more of an impact with my clients when I started delving into the emotional pieces, not just the leadership pieces. You said something about allowing yourself, and I want to touch on that because I think that as we grow up, we are kind of told and taught not to allow ourselves to feel Mm -hmm. a certain way or to act a certain way. Yes. And let's get something straight. All of us have some sort of trauma or something. Yes. We all have lived, every single person on earth ever has had something happen to them affect them. Yes. Like, this is something so stupid, but I remember this like it was yesterday. I think I was, it was the third grade, and this girl was like kind of like the bully. And she poked me in the stomach and said, you lie like a fly. And it's the dumbest thing, and I don't remember what, like, I don't know, I was on the swing, and she was just mean. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Yes. And I was like... I don't lie. I never lie about anything. But that, it's something so tiny that affected me that I still remember to this day. Yes. And we all have something like that. Yes. Like, it's stupid. It's not changed, like, the course of my life. But it's something that I remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's affected me because I, it, like, you can tell if I'm lying, which I don't lie. Like, it's written all over my face. I'm a very, like, everything, everything is, um, you know, you can see it. Yes. <laughs> but um, I think we're just taught not to deal with our emotions and not to talk about things. And, mm-hmm. you know, no, don't talk about that. You know, don't don't say that. Don't tell people that. Well, everybody else is dealing with something, too. Everybody has something. Everybody that has a through. trauma. Yes. Everybody has a trauma. Everybody yes. has a story, which is why you react a certain way. And yes. if you don't confront those things, you know, you'll never get to the source of why you're doing certain things, why you're overeating, why you're, you know, you have anger issues, why you feel maybe suicidal, why anything. Those, there is some deep-seated issue as to why. And if you can confront those things and really deal with it, then you can start to heal. Yes. And it is, it's about freeing up the once you access what that is like that girl who said that to you there's some way that that made you feel and a lot of times as a kid we're not taught how to process that and if it's too much for our nervous system we just like shut it out or shut it down or run away or or make a make a funny joke so that we divert you know our attention and all there is to do is actually go back feel that 
because that energy is stuck in our body somewhere. And when you feel it, it allows it to start moving again. And then you'll find that you'll stop repeating um, uh, you'll stop having uh, experiences happen that are trying to get you to feel that emotion. Right. So a lot of times if somebody um, has something that happened from trauma that was very shameful, they feel very shameful about, and they weren't, they, they couldn't process that shame because it was too extreme for their nervous system, then there will be things in life that will keep coming up to bring up shame. So they'll keep experiencing things with people or or places that 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 shame's trying to come out because that energy is stuck and it just needs to move, but we don't know that it's shame. Yeah, we haven't. We don't, or we don't even know how. To, we don't know how to identify it. Yeah. And then once you identify, it's just learning what emotion is. That it's just energy, and you won't die. It'll feel like you're gonna <laughs> die. It'll feel like you're gonna die, but you won't. And it's just allowing that movement of energy to come through. And then all of a sudden you'll stop having the experiences. You'll stop attracting the same kind of lover that's gonna treat you in a certain kind of way to have you feel guilty, to have you feel not good enough. When you begin to allow these emotions that are stuck to move, you'll start, your your life experience starts changing. I love that you said uh, attracting the same kind of lover because I think that a lot of times, you know, if we're in a bad relationship and we continue to get into bad relationships, that, you know, we're repeating that. Why are we repeating that? Why are we attracting these men or women? Why are we attracting this sort of relationship? And why can we not move forward from that, you know? Yeah. So I I think that that's very interesting that you say that. Um, So I wanted to talk about um, last year you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah, it was almost, almost two years ago. Almost two years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, You decided to treat your cancer naturally. Completely. So first of all, how did you come about this decision and why did you come about this decision? So when I was diagnosed, I know that what there was is they wanted to do a double mastectomy and, you know, chemo, the whole thing. Yeah. And I knew the moment that this happened that that wasn't my truth. That was that the body, the body is an incredible organism and the body heals itself when every you, day every day mm-hmm. you have a cut you go to bed and all of a sudden it heal how did every, you do right. that every, yeah. like the body is incredible now we beat it up a lot right and i am like i don't have any doubt about the body's capacity to heal like zero doubt and that's why i chose this path because i know that my body will heal this i had to go to work on the emotional and nutritional components to help my body out Mm -hmm. uh, that I was not, um, that I was ignoring before. And so this, and because my belief is so strong, I knew the moment I was diagnosed, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go a traditional route. Were you scared? Um, (laughs) No, generally no. Have I had scary moments? Yes. Uh, probably because if I think about my kids, because listen, you know, it can work or not work, right? right. But so can chemo. Oh, yeah. And so can a double mastectomy. Absolutely. It Cancer can comes work back. Or it cannot. Absolutely. Right. And so there was this, there was this part of me that was like, oh, no, you know, 
what is it going to do to my kids growing up without a parent if this doesn't work? And so there were moments where I felt scared, but I would say for the most part, because I'm so passionate about what my belief in the body's ability to heal, uh, that I was, it was just in alignment with my own truth. Mm -hmm. So I was very empowered around it. So what did you do to start treating this naturally? So uh, I'll, I've done quite a few things, and now I've whittled it down. But over the the time, like, you know, I, I there was at one point I was doing high doses of vitamin C intravenously. I was taking, you know, eating apricot seeds. I was getting, you know, having the high doses of, uh, not high doses, but, you know, making sure I had enough vitamin D, melatonin. Um, I, the biggest change I made that I'm, that I sustain is I went vegan. Uh, I was vegetarian before for a year before I was diagnosed, I went vegetarian. And then when I was diagnosed, I went vegan and I went vegan really, uh, rigidly cause I was, um, cutting out all acid. So really my vegan, I was only eating f- uh, foods that were alkaline. So that's even in a smaller group. So, and I'm a little bit more loose about that now because, um, uh, it creates stress for me if I'm so rigid, uh, cause I can't be out social and be normal at all. Mm-hmm. And that's stressful for me. When you have stress, you create cortisone and cortisone is acidic. And, and having high, high levels of cortisol for long periods of time is bad. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's acidic. And you're, so cancer lives in an acidic environment. Mm-hmm. If you get it alkaline, so your pH is high, uh, then you can't live this point blank. can't live in the environment. So if your body is in an alkaline state, cancer cannot live that simple. So to me, and when I eat really healthy like that, that I feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel really good. My body really likes it. Now, there was some social aspects where I couldn't just go out to dinner because I was so, it was so strict. So then I had some leeway. I was, uh, I, I gave myself some space to be a little bit more flexible with that so that it didn't create stress for me. But I, I am still vegan. I still do, you know, I, I'm right. I, I drink celery juice in the morning. I drink another juice throughout the day and I eat a lot of vegetables and, um, you know, grains. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'll eat pizza, cauliflower pizza. So, you know, I do, I give myself space. Um, but I would say, uh, 80% of the time I'm, I'm, I am pretty plant-based and well, I'm t- don't eat any meat at all, but <clears throat> there will be occasionally when I'll have something that's not a hundred percent alkaline. Mm-hmm. So you went to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and you were there for a few months and <clears throat> yeah. it was like an immersion mm-hmm. Type thing. Can you explain what it was and what you did and <laughs> yes and why you did that? Yeah. So Costa Rica to me, um, I was just called. I felt very like I needed to go be in nature. Mm-hmm. I have something in my throat. I'm oh, so sorry. I know. Is it, I'm gonna cough and I feel like it's gonna be so loud and I'm so sorry for everybody listening. <laughs> it's okay. And nobody's gonna fault you for having to take a drink of water. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, coughing was more. Yeah. About. Okay. All right. So. Costa Rica, I just, I originally went to go down to a facility um, called Rhythmia, and it is the only place in the world that has medical assistance in, in doing the plant medicine called ayahuasca. Ayahuasca has mm-hmm. a, is a bigger craze now. Um, there's a lot of studies on plant medicines, and 
I wanted to go do this and I wanted to be in Costa Rica. So I went initially to go to this facility to do ayahuasca um, back to in, in a repeated time to access into my subconscious mind to pull up any traumas that I had blocked out so I could start processing whatever I've blocked. Uh, so that I could start moving that energy and help healing my body. So plant medicine was a big part of me going to Costa Rica. The other part was just being immersed in nature and being out of the the busy energy of the United States. Mm -hmm. There's something very, very healing when you're riding your bikes and um, by the water and, and by the tree, the jungle with the animals and it's quiet and it's calm and there's no busyness. Um, so that was the big reason and just seeing what else would cross my path. I, I went with a one-way ticket knowing that I'd go for however long I needed to go for and um, ended up going the first time for a couple of months and then came back and I wanted my kids to experience it so I went back again with them mm -hmm. for another six weeks um, and again um, wanted the just to be in nature again more and and I and again I was eating you know maintaining what I was eating but my environment was very important at that point and just being around nature and being out of the busyness. I think that's something that people really underestimate is their environment. Absolutely. You know if you're in a toxic unhealthy environment that affects you physically and mentally as well so taking the time to step away. Yes. And just kind of deal with things or not yeah. you know <laughs> we don't give ourselves we don't allow ourselves yeah to just have time to de-stress to unwind to decompress I mean you know it's we live very very busy lives it's the culture in the United it's, States it's very much our mm -hmm. culture go 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 I'm always busy I'm always doing and, you know, like I said, I, I've really worked on that, especially the last few years being, you know, having gotten sick and having been working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. I, I, I knew that I couldn't do that to myself anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, can you tell me where you are in the process with your cancer now? So I, the last time I was scanned was about um, a little less than a year ago. And I haven't rescanned since then. A lot of people ask me this, like, why? I'm like, I'm my body. I'm not my. I listen to my body. My body, be, as I've become more in, in tune with it, it tells me what I'm needing to eat. It tells me what I'm needing to do, and it's at a point where I'm not ready to rescan yet. So I don't have any concrete evidence of like, here's where I'm at. But what I can tell you is, I have no symptoms. I don't have any loss of energy. I'm not having anything happen to me. I'm not dealing. I don't feel not well. Um, and so I feel like my body is doing what it needs to do. Um, and I feel when it's ready for me to scan, it did actually just tell me the other day to go get a blood test so that I can see if my white blood cells are high and see where I'm at. Actually, this is literally as I was going to bed last night. <laughs> it was like, it was like, do a blood test and let's see where you're at. And I was like, oh, because I literally listen to how there just be this idea that pops in my head. I pay attention to those kind of things every day, all day. But specifically, this literally happened last night. So probably next week, I'll go and get a blood test and just kind of check myself to see what my levels are, are at. Um, but as far as doing a, like an MRI or one of the, the CT scans, something like that, uh, it's not time yet 
for whatever reason, my body's like, nope, you don't need that at this point. It doesn't want the radiation. Whatever it doesn't want, it doesn't want it. Um, so, but I'm, I am well, I'm healthy, I'm, I have energy. You would never know that anything was going on. I don't even know that anything was going on. Before you were diagnosed, did you have those symptoms? I've never had the symptoms. I've never had the symptoms. I've never um, had a lack of energy. I've never um, felt not well, honestly. Um, and so it's been two years later and still none of that has changed. Um, so, ta- I, you know, how to interpret that? I don't, I, I feel like, you know, when your body starts breaking down, it'll start breaking down. You know, uh, we have ailments. Now, the fact that when I did go get, when I, when I had a mammogram and then they went and did a biopsy is when, um, that cell like it almost like opened it and it like it spread immediately so if I would have done it to do it all over again I would have never even had a biopsy honestly it almost like opened it up to to moving um and I so that's why I'm cautious yeah. about about what how involved I get the, the traditional medical system because what I saw was that it actually opened it up and how I was treated going through the traditional system was like a number and not like a an individual. Matter of fact, they did a, a test on me, like a BRCA one, to see if I had this in my genes. So if I needed to be worried for my kids. And I remember going in and getting this test, and it was positive. And I remember the administration lady. She wasn't even a doctor. She wasn't even. I was in a room like this, just like you know, giving me a test results. Literally saying to me, "Oh, you tested positive for the BRCA one. Why don't we go ahead and schedule a hysterectomy? They were just going to take out my uterus because then I'm at a higher risk of having it." it going into my uterus just as a protocol yeah like let's just schedule you to have that surgery and get that out and I was like excuse me you just want to take out my female organs because just in case and when I realized that the system doesn't look at you as an in- she wasn't like oh what's important to you or how are you feeling or is this are you concerned it was just like oh here I'll schedule you right now to have a major surgery so uh Real quick, there's just a story um, about, so Joseph Pilates, I teach Pilates, but he taught uh, and worked with a woman, Eve Gentry, and she had breast cancer. And back then, what they did was when they gave you a mastectomy, they took out your pectoral muscle because they thought that that muscle was what had cancer in it. So they would take it all out. Mm. So it, it kind of makes you think, you know, in 20 years from now, in 30 years from now, in 100 years from now, are they going to look back at this whole process and say, dear God, what were we thinking? It was barbaric. It was barbaric. And, you know, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about chemotherapy and, you know, a lot of people it saved their lives and a lot of people it hasn't. So, you know, it's really a decision for you and how you feel about it and how you want to deal with it. And, uh, you know, it it doesn't always save people's lives and your quality of life may be better even if you can live out, you know, say the last six months of your life. Right. And not be throwing up and nauseous and sick and dying. Exactly. So it's, it's a tough decision. And I think you're right. You need to do what your body tells you. And so many of us don't listen to our body. We don't listen to our emotions. We don't listen to our feelings. We just react. Yeah. And, you know, 
you react out of fear. Or just do what other people are telling you to do. Right. I mean, I had doctors thinking I was nuts. And I had people, listen, I went on the news. I, oh my God, jeez. I remember like being like, I, I think it was my ex-husband was like, don't read the comments of what people are saying because people lose their minds yep. of like when you go against the norm. Yep. And here's the thing. And, and people have reached out to me and, you know, because people are watching they're like, oh my God, this girl is crazy. Oh, I'm inspiring them. I'm infuriating them. I'm. Yeah, causing a lot of emotions right? uh, for people. And what I've always been an advocate for is I'm not an advocate for people to treat breast cancer naturally. I'm an advocate for people to follow their truth and yeah. not just do what everybody else does. That's what I'm an advocate for. Because, listen, if you don't believe it can be healed naturally and you try that route, you're not going to win because you don't believe it. So I'm an advocate for what is your truth in your life about whatever the thing is. Follow that even if it's not, if it's going against the norm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody has any questions about emotional intelligent coaching or even wants to reach out about how Charlie you know, went through the natural process of treating cancer, why she did it. Any more questions, please contact her. How, how can people get a hold of you? Um, gosh, a couple ways. Um, I have a website, tarlyreed.com and, um, social media too. You can see if you want to get a sense of who I am, go on my Facebook. Yeah, you go do on, a lot of videos on Facebook. Yeah, and... I'll have video. Oh, I did do videos. Yes. Because people were following me and, um, you can find me at Tarly Reed on, you know, on Facebook. I have an Instagram as well. I'm probably more active on Facebook. Um, and, but you know, my website gives you a sense of me. I have some videos on there, but it's not as interactive as say my social media is if you yeah. really want to get a sense and you can message me, people message me and stuff on Facebook. Perfect. I'll have those links on my show notes. So if anybody's interested to reach out, please feel free um, for coaching or just to ask any questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's here for you and she'll definitely, she's an open book and would be happy to answer any questions. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Gabby. This was fun. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. you. And we'll all see you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you'd like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes, or you can find it on Gabrielle's website at www.healthybodyworksaz.com. You can also find out more information about Gabrielle's fitness vacations. Be a guest for the all-inclusive Fitcation to Kauai, February 29th through March 5th, 2020, or join us in Banff, Canada, July 25th through August 4th, 2020. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a great review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.